Last week, I stated that the Amazon Synod had been planned since the start of the Francis Pontificate, that surely the documents and activities of this pontificate could only point to that conclusion. Over the weekend, someone with, frankly, far more credibility as a researcher than I do real released their findings on LifeSite News stating exactly the same thing, but in much greater detail. Mike Hickson, which I know I pronounced her name wrong, my apologies to her, Writer for LifeSite published their article after spending the entire summer of 2019 researching the origins of the Synod. <laughs> it's a lot worse than I thought. Her findings? That within about three months of his election in 2013, the real planning for the Synod began. This explains something that happened over the weekend. Andrea Tornielli, chief propaganda minister for the current regime in the Vatican, released a statement saying that married priests may actually be an option for the Amazon after all. And whatever, hap whatever happens in the Amazon will soon come to a parish near you, with the Germans pushing their Lutheran synod asking for everything they are pushing for at the Amazon. So let's have a look at Mrs. Hickson's article, which I believe will help clarify the state of things. I can already tell you this week that my work can be summarized as a preparation for the synod. The groundwork truly began one month after Francis's election. At that time, he met with two key figures who have since been principally responsible for planning the mess, Cardinal Claudio Humes and Cardinal Pe Pedro Barreto, and spoke about the Amazon region. Along with Bishop Crowler, these three men are the main minds behind the, the non-governmental organization, or NGO, REPIM, or the Pan-Amazon Church Network, which along with another German NGO has been the driving organization behind this push for the Synod, providing institutional and organizational support and even assistance in pushing for this hot mess. Repim provided the experts who wrote the preparatory documents for the Synod, one of which is available in English from one of my subscribers, and is, as far as I know, the only English language version of the document available in the world. As, I, as an aside, I offered it to various Catholic media outlets, but none of them actually bit, which was weird. You can find a link to the document in the show notes for today on the blog. It's the Google, it's the Google Drive link. Mrs. Hickson lays out the timeline of the Amazon Synod. Francis was elected in March 2013. Seated next to him at the conclave was Cardinal Humes, who Francis is, says is the one who famously suggested the moniker Francis to him with the plea to not forget the poor. Mrs. Hickson provides the famous quote from Francis on this. Quote, During the election, I was seated next to Archbishop Emeritus of Sao Paulo and Prefect Emeritus of the Congregation for the Clergy, Cardinal Claudio Humes. A good friend, a good friend. When things were looking dangerous, he encouraged me, and when the votes reached two-thirds, there was the usual applause, because the Pope had been elected, and he gave me a hug and a kiss and said, don't forget the poor, and those words came to me, the poor, the poor. Then, right away, thinking of the poor, I thought of Francis of Assisi, end quote. The next month, Francis met with then-Archbishop Pedro Barreto Jimeno and Cardinal Humes, who were inspired by the infamous 2007 Aparecida conferences and wanted to apply the logic of that conference to the Amazon for pastoral purposes. In short, Aparecida called for a radical decentralization of the church, not even leaving her teachings off limits. At that meeting, Francis met with indigenous peoples from the Amazon, and that was the first time we heard a call for a church with an Amazonian face. Why this didn't raise red flags at the time can only be the product of papalatry the absolute fear of criticizing pontiffs because of the erroneous idea that they are chosen by and guided by the Holy Ghost in some surrender or violation of their free will. Thankfully, that attitude is largely a relic of the past now, though you still sometimes see it in the comments section of my channel and other places like it online. 
Anyway, Mrs. Hickson cites the Aparecida document, specifically a citation to that document, in the working document for the Amazon apostasy, quoting the Instrumentum Laboris, paragraph 109. Quote, According to the Aparecida document, the preferential option of the poor is the hermeneutical criterion for analyzing proposals for the construction of society, and the criterion for the church is self-understanding as well. It is also one of the physical features, as it were, that characterizes the Latin American and Caribbean church and all its structures, from the parish and its educational and social centers. The Amazonian face is that of a church with a clear option for the poor, for the care of creation. A liberation theology-inspired statement, to be sure, and it can be traced to work done by Cardinal Bergoglio in the previous decade. Later that month, the initial preparatory meetings for the Synod would start, headed by Repham. This again is in April of 2013, but it's worse because the meeting was held in Puyo, Ecuador, which had been famously the home of work by Jesuits which promoted the acceptance of all religions, even pagan indigenous religions, which is a clear case of indifferentism. That work had happened decades earlier. In July 2013, Francis visited Brazil and spoke about the need for theologians to prepare the church for having an Amazonian face, to train the priests and consolidate the achievements that would come in this area. In December 2013, Francis writes a letter to the Brazilians praising the liberation theology-inspired basic ecclesial communities, which prioritize social justice over the gospel, citing the infamous Aparecida document again. In April of 2014, Francis had a meeting with another familiar name, German Bishop Krautler, who is deeply connected with the NGOs leading this mess in the Amazon. Krautler expressed his concerns about not having enough men to meet missionary needs in the Amazon. Krautler's own writings later state that Francis suggested the very probati, the married priests for the Amazon. It was this past weekend that Andrea Tornielli stated that the Vatican was open to married clergy for the Amazon. It was at this April 2014 meeting that Krautler was invited to help write Laudato Si. Repin was officially founded in South America later that year, in September, with the purpose of uniting several South American church-related non-governmental organizations into one powerhouse body that could begin the work of the Synod. In March 2015, the Vatican presented Repin to the public in a press conference, where Repin thanked Cardinal Turkson for his help in their founding to which Turkson stated and reiterated the focus on the Amazon that was taking shape even at that time. In October 2017, Francis convokes the Synod of Bishops for the Pan-Amazon region. At that time, it made little impression with the press, even in our circles. Ironically, Francis cites Laudato Si, which calls for a so-called resistance to the technocratic paradigm. I call this ironic because there is little more technocratic than empowering international NGOs and the call for global government to enforce climate accords, which Laudato Si does call for. It was 2018 that things really began to heat up, with Francis calling for a native spirituality in the Amazon and for other indigenous peoples. During his visit to Peru in January 2018, Francis said the following, quote, Thank you for being here and for helping us to see closer up, in your faces, the reflection of this land. It is a diverse face, one of infinite variety and enormous biological, cultural, and spiritual richness. Those of us who do not live in these lands need your wisdom and knowledge to enable us to enter into, without destroying, the treasures that this region holds. End quote. He even said, quote, Acknowledging and recovering their native cultures, languages, traditions, rites, and spirituality, that their cosmic vision and their wisdom have much to teach those of us who are not part of their culture. End quote. Yeah, in hindsight, things like this really should have been obvious. 
But in early, even in early 2018, the media critical of the way things were being run was focused on other things and was missing this giant warning sign. This talk of a native cosmovision that is straight from the work of Teilhard de Chardin should have been pounced on, but again, largely was not. March of 2018 saw the formation of the Synodal Council, which was almost entirely made up of Repin members. This is an o there is an overt sulfuric whiff of corruption to it, at least for an outside observer. Others that were heavily represented were, of course, the Jesuits. There's always Jesuits involved. One Synodal official said that Repin was itself tasked with drafting the initial working documents. Again, you can read that on the Sources blog. It's a brutal document. 2019, of course, saw a flurry of activity in preparation for the Synod, including the making public of the Instrumentum Laboris in the summer, press conferences prior to that, of course, and the formation of various preparatory committees. One of those meetings resulted in the call for female deacons. When LifeSite questioned Father Michael Zerny, a co-secretary of the Amazon's pre-Synodal Council, he referred them to Repham's website. Zerny is one of the men listed to be elevated to the position of cardinal at the next consistory, which is a heck of a promotion. In July, another German priest at a pre-synodal meeting pushed the idea of married priests and female deacons. That takes us today, to today. Essentially, we're all we, where we all wait to watch what may be a spiritual catastrophe unfold in Rome. Mrs. Hickson finished her piece by pointing out that this synod is being run the same way the family synods were run, by a close group of insiders. That's not surprising, and frankly, it's totally in keeping with the, the real spirit of Vatican II, because that's exactly how the Second Vatican Council unfolded. And the allusions to the family synod shouldn't be, should raise another red flag for people. For the family synods are where the idea for Amoris Laetitia was inflicted on the church. But I have to ask, what does this all mean? In my view, the Amazon synod will be the culmination of Francis's papacy. Clearly, this has been the plan since the start. Mrs. Hickson even cites Evangelii Gaudium, the first encyclical of Francis, as having been inspired by the Aparacita document. What comes next? Well, the Germans have already shown us. They will export these ideas to the rest of the church, which figures like Cardinals Casper and Marx have been pushing for since the 1980s. We're approaching a high point for modernism in the institutional church, and this synod may, may very well prove German Bishop Overbeck correct when he stated that after the Amazon synod, the church would be unrecognizable. In closing, Francis has been speaking publicly very lately about so-called conservatives and so-called traditionalists being the schismatics. In reality, all I see are regular, faithful Catholics who don't always agree with one another over the minutia, looking on in disbelief as a chasm appears between us and Rome. A chasm created not by the faithful Catholics, but by the maniacs in Rome, who had been planning this all along. Are you ready for a church with a pagan face? I am reminded of the prophecy of Our Lady of La Salette, more of a warning, really, that Rome would lose the faith, that the old paganism would return to Rome. Are we seeing it happen now, or is this merely a precursor to that event, which may be off sometime in the future? Let me know what you think in the comments below, and please, if you're inclined to, check out the translation of the pre-synodal document that a subscriber sent, or spent a lot of time working on before he sent it to me. If you have any connection to the Catholic media, please send that document to them. It's publicly available. This needs to be exposed. Thank you for listening for your prayers for the Synod. Keep praying that this Synod doesn't turn out to be a catastrophe. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.